Welcome to Geminit, a podcast about knitting, spinning, and dyeing, and other crafts in Mid-America. Hi, I'm Sherry. And I'm Tamara. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is a swatch episode, and the theme is knitting toolkits. So hi, Tamara. What are you working on? I am working on that top-down worsted weight cloak that I was telling you about that's mm-hmm. got all the weight on it on my lap. The room got chilly, and so I am really, I'm trying to hold it up. I don't think you can oh. even see it all in the, in the Zoom. Huge. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. You said cloak, and I know that you make full-length cloaks on occasion, but I was imagining, like, elbow length. I don't know why I was, but that is not elbow length. No, this is, uh, I'm get, I'm adding, right now I'm to the point where I'm adding the Japanese short, short rows to the back where it gives it a high-low hem, so mm-hmm. high in the front, low in the back, and it'll be somewhere between like 31 inches in the front and 35 or 36 inches in the back, so it's a big cloak, and the yarn could grow because once you get this much worsted weight, it, like the weight of it might pull it down, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's huge. It feels great on my lap, and I am enjoying working on it. And I, because I'm to the high-low hem, I'm almost done. That saves yarn, and it saves time, and it kind of the last thing you do before you put on the bottom edging. So I'm getting really close. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. I am still working on my brother's Christmas socks. I don't remember if I started right after last Christmas or the year before, because time has no meaning anymore. Um, but yes. Do you have anything else before we move on to knitting kits? Nope, I'm ready. Okay. We decided that knitting kits needed their own whole little show about what we like about them, where to get them, how to make them, things like that. So Tamara, why don't you go ahead and start with what you have? Okay. I really like knitting toolkits. I have several of them and I keep them all in kind of different project bags. I have one tiny one that's just a, the bare, bare basics that I call my tiny emergency kit that will fit in my purse no matter what size my purse is. Mm-hmm. And I like to pull together kits for a lot of different knitting bags. I actually still have one in the little fold-over case that you gave me when I first started knitting. And mm-hmm. I keep that one around too. So I love them. I have a lot of different ones of them. You know, with any kind of a knitting tool or a knitting gift, you can go as small or as big as you like with these. Like if you go big, you can, on on the big end for me, the one that I found that really caught my eye was the Acreworks Knitting Toolkit. And it looks pretty great. I've never used one, but I've seen them listed. I've heard other, other podcasts talk about them. The price for those is about $39. And it's this little ingenious plastic caddy that comes with several bits and it's got storage and it it's really pulled together. So that one's kind of on the big end for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read you the description that I saw listing, I think probably from Acreworks. It just says, it's got a pair of mini scissors, a tape measure, a 10 pear-shaped stitch markers, two darning needles, and it's magnetized on the inside to secure and hold down items. And there's space where you can add your own bits there too. So that's kind of on the big end for me. So then on the small end, I found a kit through Pinterest for about $13 and I'll include a link to it in the show notes and you know it says this one has 56 pieces and you know it's only $13 and I was staring closer at the things that it has in it and really even if you count the individual stitch markers separately I think there's only a a way less than 56 pieces that I would keep in this kit 
Like there's some uh-huh. stuff I would just, I would just chuck right out, not stuff I use, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll leave the link there because that's kind of on the low end. And then in the middle of those two options is really where I like the best. And that's where you can go into Etsy or Pinterest or Google and you can search for, kind of like I said about gifts for knitters, you can search for something that your knitter likes plus knitting toolkit. And you might find some things that are perfect, like perfect in the middle Mm -hmm. price, price range and the amount of stuff that they carry, but also some, some sort of a theme that, you or your knitter really likes so that not only will you have all the tools that you need, but it'll be in some container that you love. And there's a lot of really good hits there. Some of my favorites that I found were from the rectangular um, hinge top tins that the sexy knitter has. She has a lot of different choices and I'll leave a link to those on the show notes. Another one that I found was from a Hank's yarning company and they have what they call a knitting essentials toolkit and that's mm-hmm. one of the links that I'll include. And then they also have a smaller, cute little round tin. Looks like maybe if you were purchasing balm at a at a convention or something, it would be in that mm-hmm. size tin. And it, it only has generic stitch markers in it, but you could maybe throw another thing or two in there. And that one was a pretty low price point. I'll include links for those in the show notes. And then this is a side note, but kind of cool. While I was doing the Etsy search on knitting toolkits, I noticed that both of my summer prairie and my autumn prairie toolkits showed up on that list pretty high to the like, top. I'm like, on the first page, I saw I'm like, that. That's too. awesome. That so, cool. so, yeah, <laughs> you also make uh, knitting toolkits to sell that are in beautiful little round tins. So, I know you don't want to spend too much time talking about your stuff, but at least hit on it a little bit, if you would. What goes into the ones that you sell? Okay. I spent a lot of time kind of curating what I like best in a knitting Mm -hmm. toolkit and do you really need this piece or if I add this thing over here it's going to add too much cost that I have to pass along so I tried to include what I need or want and not make the price point too high so mine have a daisy cutter because that's a small round little cutter that you can attach to your bag or not and it cuts yarn really well and it'll fit in a lot of different shapes and sizes of Mm -hmm. containers and so I include those and I include stitch markers and I three different kinds. Like I make my own little tiny sets, but then I also do the gourd shaped metal ones and then the plastic clippies that you can close and open in case you need to as a pro- progress keeper. A couple different types of needles, a tape measure, and the knitting needle gauge gauges. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time thinking what they're called. But the gauges to to check the sizes of your knitting needles. And that's Oh, and a little sticky notepad because like I'm always needing those to mark mark stuff. Uh huh. I did not know you had a sticky notepad in there too. That is very yep. cool. Just a tiny little one, so you uh-huh. can't write very much on it, but you can definitely mark stuff, and which I need. That's why it's in there. And then what I was actually going to say before I got sidetracked with your question was, you can always build your own kit. Especially if you're going to make more than one kit, like you can, this might be cost a cost effective way to do it. Like if you're building one for a brand new knitter and you already have your own knitting toolkits, maybe you can scrounge your favorite bits from your own knitting toolkits and pull together something and put it in a container for a new knitter or just a friend. Like maybe you have 20 stitch markers for some reason and you only need 10. Like you could, you could separate out. And one note of caution for this is 
This can actually get pretty expensive if you go and you search out and find all of the bits that you love the best and kind of build a knitting toolkit. You can go pretty high end on cost for this. That's one of the things that I do put in the listing about my toolkits is um, this is a 35% discount over purchasing all the bits yourself because I'm buying them in bulk and separating them into different categories. So if you're mm -hmm. building your own, own toolkits, you maybe want to do that. Maybe you've got, you know, eight knitters you want to give a gift to or three knitters right now, but there'll be five more later. Or like maybe it's more cost effective to do it that way because that way you can put in the stuff that you love and separate it out into multiple kits. Or maybe you need eight kits yourself and then it doesn't seem that bad or, you know uh -huh. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I do. I do. In fact, my portion of this is talking about building my own because that's what I have always done. Do you have any more to add before I get started? Sure. I'll just say I made a list of what I think you should put in. And then mm -hmm. if you're building your own and you can kind of add to or subtract from that as depending on what you think is good. I said a knitting needle gauge, some sort of a cutting utensil, some sort of a tape measure, stitch markers, blunt tip sewing needle, and a bent tip sewing needle for weaving in ends, a tiny crochet hook or something that's an emergency stitch fixer. Stitch fixer. I forgot to say, those are in my kits too, because like, useful. Mm -hmm. and, the, and then any other things that you think would go along with your particular project or your particular knitter that you're getting it to. So what about you? I have two different types of knitting toolkits. The one that I keep next to my knitting chair in the living room on a basket, just right there all the time. And it has all the stuff that you just said, plus like extra stuff that just gets there that I have tried out and is that what I'm going to be talking about is my travel kit, which is pared down. And it's actually what I gave you. Um, so I'm glad that you mentioned it. Uh, that I gave you many years ago. Mine is super pared down because I'm the type of person that I, if I have too much stuff on me, I lose it or I'm always dropping it. I mean, I have yarn falling out of my yarn bag trailing behind me more times than I can count. So I got to keep it pared down to keep myself organized. So I start with a little travel pillbox, which is one of the links. I was glad that you provided the links so that I could steal it. I got mine at Walmart and I've also seen them at Walgreens and Target years ago. So the one I like is available on Nancy Knitnacks, the perfect notion case, small plastic case in it on one side of the clamshell. It has tiny little squares and the other side has a nice big open uh, square, a rectangle. The ones that are now available at the pharmacies, the both sides have tiny little squares, which means that you can no longer fit in your darning needles. So getting that Nancy Knitnack one is the one I'm going to be linking to in the show notes. Next up is my little locking stitch markers. And I am, all of these, you can get many different brands and many different things. And I am literally listing my very favorite brands on this and what is exactly in my kit. The Clover Quick Locking Stitch Marker Set. These are now very difficult to find because they're not the Clover orange and green ones. No, these are the clover ones that are um, pink or blue and the little safety pin is scalloped. And the reason I like it is because it's a thinner plastic, so it's very springy and it's very easy to open and close with one hand. 
and the little scallops on it just sort of tuck into the stitches so nicely. And uh, I have an Amazon link to it because I haven't seen those in the stores forever and I don't know why they're so hard to find. The, you can find them in the Clover knitting kit itself that are in stores. And if you get the Clover kit, it's already combined to you for you, but it's just all of their brand stuff. And then the tapestry needle set. I only use the bent tips. I don't bother with the straight tips, at least outside of the home. So the chibi bent tips, love those. They come in a package of three, and I only put one, maybe two, in my little kit so that you know I can spread them out. And then finally, my big splurge is the Cocoa Knits Colorful Ring Stitch Markers. You can use any stitch markers. Uh, you can use fancy stitch markers and pretty stitch markers. These are just little metal rings. And the reason why I like them, and they're not inexpensive. These are like the only, everything else I've listed is pretty much like the cheapest that you can get at a yarn store. That's how you get to these Cocoa Knits colorful ring stitch markers. And they're just little metal powder coated rings and they don't snag on anything which is the reason why I like them so much. They are very smooth. They slip from one needle to the next, just boop, boop, it's awesome. A tape measure, you gotta be able to measure your knitting. Nail clippers for cutting because they'll cut the yarn and they will also take care of hangnails that are being stuck on your yarn. And then finally, I had forgotten this until you mentioned it, I also have sticky notes in mine, but they're not for writing on. They're those, when you go to the office supply store and they're the little post-it notes, you get a package of six and they're the little clear and they have the little arrows on them and you pull it off and then you like mark in your book so the arrow points at what you're marking on the book. Do you even know what I'm talking about? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I buy a package of those and I clip them apart so that this one will have the pink ones and that one will have the orange ones. And that way I can lift this off and I can stick it on a pattern uh, to mark my place or to mark something, you know, it just the arrow points at my spot and then I can move it up and down the lines on the graft or whatever. Um, those are still in there. I don't use them very much because all of my patterns now are on my uh, tablet. So I now mark things with a uh, drawing on my tablet with my finger, but those are still in there. And that is my pared down knitting kit that uh, I have one in each and every project bag. Yes, so many of these. Okay, I think that's everything I had to say about knitting kits. Yeah, uh, me too. Podcast announcements. Join the Geminet Podcast group on Ravelry and follow us on Instagram at Geminet Podcast. So, Tamara, that's entertainment. What do you have for this one? I just have two things. One is we are finally watching Doctor Who season 11. Uh-huh. These episodes came out in 2018, but we haven't had a way to watch them that didn't cost per episode. And, right. you know, we're, we're too cheap for that. But since we signed up for HBO Max, turns out season 11's mm -hmm. on there and possibly season 12. We haven't looked that far yet. But I'm excited to be able to catch up. This is a season where the newly regenerated doctor comes in as a woman um, mm -hmm. and played by Jodie Whittaker as the 13th doctor. So we're having fun watching those. That's number one. And then the number two is I'm going to show you because I am super excited about this. Uh -huh. I found a new to me flavor of the LaCroix water. Mm -hmm. It's limoncello and I love it. Like say, I say the name again, because it sounded like limoncello and I don't think that's right. 
It's limoncello. So I think it's actually, it's an Italian, I've been looking it up because I love it. It's an Italian mm -hmm. uh, digestive. Traditionally, it was an Italian liqueur, and I have recipes on how to make it because it's super exciting, and I have found out that the local liquor store carries it, so I might go get some, but uh -huh. like the LaCroix La water is just a sparkling water with the flavor. I'm like, okay, so it's it's lemon zest, but what else is it? This is such a, like, it's just sparkling water, but it's got this super flavor, and it feels like a flavor profile, and it's so tasty, and I'm looking it all up because I'm trying to figure out like what else is in it. Nothing else is in it. Like when you make mm -hmm. it traditionally, I have, I'll include recipes for it and everything. It's just lemon zest and you put it in vodka. And then once it's done, once it has had time to uh, infuse over mm -hmm. a few days to months, then you add a simple sugar to it. And that's all it is. Of course, the sparkling water doesn't have the sugar, which is good because I don't do sugar anyway, but it's so good. And I, I love it. It's really okay. good. Okay. So nice. Yeah. All right. I have one thing. It's a podcast. The podcast name is Yarns at Yinhu. And I am going to point you to episode 267. And this is the first episode of an eight part series where the podcast host, she does not list her name. I'm guessing that by the time you get to episode 200 and something, she said it so often, she assumes you know it, but I just, I was turned on to this podcast by uh, someone in my spinning group. So I just started at 267. So I don't know her name. <laughs> <laughs> also, this podcast is, does not play nice with my iPhone podcast player. So I actually have to listen to it from her website, which will be linked in the show notes, or you can Google uh, yarns at Yinhu. So anyway, why am I talking about this podcast? That's a good question. So in episode 267, this is the first of an eight part series where she talks with Dr. Lily Marsh, who examined the influence of Elizabeth Zimmerman in her doctoral thesis at Purdue University. So it's an interview with Dr. Lily Marsh, and it's mostly Dr. Lily Marsh talking about Elizabeth Zimmerman's life and all of the research that she's done about it and uh, what Elizabeth Zimmerman did and what she accomplished and why she changed the knitting world. And it is amazing. Highly recommend it. Uh, in cool. fact, I'm going, I can't wait to... Uh, suggest that we bring Dr. Lily Marsh into Kansas City to talk at one of our conventions or something because it is that good. There's eight episodes. I'm on episode five and they, they're they sporadic. I have to like go searching for them because then she goes back to her regular podcast for a few episodes and then it's the next part of the series. I will admit I've not listened to any of the other podcasts. Um, I've only been doing this particular series, but definitely recommend it. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to go look for that. Yeah. So I'm linking directly to episode 267, but from there you should be able to find the rest and quite enjoying it. And that's all I have. All right. So that's a good spot to end. Thank you for listening. Bye now. Bye-bye.